Amen, amen. Hey, come on, can we thank all of our worship teams at every location? They're awesome. They're awesome. So, you know, at the end of last year, um, I, I uh, started getting into uh, the sport of boxing again. You know, I used to really be into boxing, but lately there's just like a lot of new boxers that are really intriguing to me. You know, Ryan Garcia, you know, um, you know uh, Anthony Joshua. I mean, honestly, like even the Paul brothers, like they're, they're crazy, but they're getting people excited about it. And so I uh, started... I started get, watching it, but not just watching it and enjoying it. I kind of start thinking to myself, hey, this could be a great opportunity for me to find a new way to exercise, a new way to work out. I'm always looking for a, a, a new thing to my routine to kind of switch things up so I don't get stale and stagnant. So, you know, if, if you know me at all, I have a very uh, addictive personality, and I'm mostly addicted to YouTube. And so if, if I get into anything, I've watched hours and hours of, of research on YouTube, and I've... I've uh, gone on Amazon and I've made a wish list and I've sent it to all my family members. So I got myself uh, some boxing gloves and uh, I found some that weren't, you know, I wasn't going to break the bank, but, you know, would actually provide a little bit of help. And a buddy of mine got, got me, gave me a, a spare heavy bag. And so I kind of just started, you know, turn on YouTube and put on some exercise uh, boxing workouts. And I kind of like started putting my kids to bed at night and I would, you know, give myself 20 minutes of a, of a hit exercise and I'd hit the bag and I'd start working out. And, and I was really enjoying it. It was a fun exercise. It was, you know, blowing off a little bit of steam a little bit. I was like, that, that coworker, that was, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you have a little bit of a fun, you know, fun exercise and work off some adrenaline and it would just, I'd have a great night's sleep and it just felt like a fun way to work out. So I started thinking to myself, let me check out one of these gyms that are, uh, you know, nearby where I live. So I went to this boxing gym close to my house and started meeting the owner and my son and I went and we walked around the facility and started talking about what classes might look like. And, you know, he walked me through and he's like, yeah, we'll start, you know, giving you a little bit of foundations, you know, we'll work on your footwork. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. I need to work on my footwork. I, you know, you, you, you can't move forward unless you got a, a, a stable, you know, uh, ground, you know, if, you, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're tripping over yourself, it's going to be hard to, to box. I was like, that sounds great. So then, we, you know, we'll get you a little jump rope, get you working with your coordination. I said, that sounds fantastic. I'm into this. I'm, like, I'm liking this idea. And he said, then, you know, we'll, we'll work on your punches. We'll teach you a couple combinations. We'll make sure that you know what you're doing so you don't break your wrist. I was like, totally with it. He said, we'll hit the bag. I'm like, this sounds like my kind of situation. And then he says, and then after, you know, a few days, maybe a week, we'll, we'll get you some headgear, we'll get you a mouth guard, we'll get you in the ring sparring against your sparring partner. And I was like, hang on a second. I came here to get fit, not hit. Yeah, listen, I'm walking around this gym and I'm seeing these sweaty 27-year-olds and they've got muscles everywhere. It's like, how you got muscles up here, bro? And I'm telling you, they're, they're just hitting the bag like it stole something from them. And I'm thinking, you guys want me to spar one of these guys? These guys aren't sparring. They're trying to take someone's head off. And, and so I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is not what I came here for. I'm not trying to really get hit. I mean, look at this face. I'm, this is the moneymaker right here. Like this, this is, I, I, I wanted to get into a workout and and so I, it just started making me think a whole lot about, like, this church, you know, it's, it's kind of like a gym, isn't it? You know, you, you kind of, you're getting trained, you know, in your small group. Maybe you're in freedom. You're, you're getting some tools. You're, you're learning how to break some addictions and some habits. And, 
You're getting some foundation underneath you. You're getting the word of God in your situation. You, maybe you're on a serving team and you start putting other people ahead of yourself. You know, you begin to realize what it's like to build the kingdom of God, to, to use the gifts that God's put on the inside of you, the tools, the, the strengths to, to, for the good of other people. You know, and, and, and I don't know about you, but man, the, the worship, man, it encourages me. It, it builds me up. I feel like I get stronger. You know, I, I, you, maybe you're at home and you're, you're vacuuming the, the carpet and you're like, you got the, the lines going perfectly when you're vacuuming. You know, you can't, you're not really vacuuming unless you got them lines in the carpet. And, 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 and you're, I lift my hands, and you're worshiping and praise you. And then you put the mic, you, everybody put, ever put the, like, the vacuum up, and you turn into a microphone stand, and you're like, I won't forget. You just, like, kind of turn into a bit of, is it just me? Okay. But, 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 but the, the, the message and the word and, 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 and the time together in this church, it's, it's giving you a foundation, and you feel stronger, and you feel like you're getting fit, and and, and, and you say amen, and you walk out of this church, and you don't realize that you've stepped into a ring. You've stepped into a fight. And let me tell you something. There is a sparring partner inside that ring that is not trying to spar with you. Listen, we have an enemy of our soul called Satan who his one role in your life is to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, life wants to throw punches at you. And it feels like it's not just wearing gloves, it's wearing brass knuckles. And you, you're getting hit and you're dodging. And, and I ask yourself, I ask you this, what do you do when you get hit? What is it, what, how do you respond when you feel tired? When you're in the midst of a fight and you're, and you're feeling like you're parrying and you're dodging and you're taking hits? You know, Mike Tyson, one of the most famous boxers of all time, Besides biting somebody's ear, he, he said, <laughs> but he said that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Some of you have, have come up in this church and you feel like you got a plan. And you step into the ring of life and punches are coming your way. And you're tired and you're winded. Listen, it's only February, and 2022 is coming for bodies. Tell me I'm lying. I don't, I don't, they got a new COVID out here. They got a, a new COVID? It's like DJ Khaled, another one. That's like, yo, if I, if I could just get a break. Listen, I, the, 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 the holidays of 2021 have kind of just vomited onto the beginning of my year. Listen, my, my wife was, a, was away from me for, for the holidays. I've had a father-in-law in and out of the, the hospital since October. Listen, I've been to funerals with an S already this year. 2022 is swinging, swinging. And I'm telling you, it's already early in the year and I feel tired. I feel like I'm getting hit. And I've come here to tell somebody today that... The option in front of you is to quit. It's presented to you all the time. People are in your situation, in your, in your, in your friendship relationships are, are wondering how you even have faith or why you should have it or why you should keep it. And you want to quit. You want to throw in the towel. But I've come here on assignment today to tell somebody that when you're in the middle of your fight, when you're feeling tired and run down and beat down, 
You do not have the option of quitting. Don't quit. This is what you need to do. You need to fuel up. You need to fuel up. You need some energy. You need something to, that, that, that's, that brings you back into your corner, that encourages you, that fuels you up for the fight that's coming into your life. Listen, there's some single mothers in this room right now, and you've got a fight for your children and for giving them a life that you didn't get to have. There's a student in this room today that has a fight for your purity, and there's people around you who are doing drugs and drinking this and sleeping with that, and you're going to fight for your purity, and you need to stay inside of it. Listen, there is an empty nester in the room today that's fighting for the fire of God to reignite on the inside of your life, that your latter days will be your better days, that you are not riding off into the sunset, that God has plans for you that he has a purpose for you, and you've got to fight. You've got to fight. Somebody say, fuel up. I'm fueling up for the plan of God in my life. I'm fueling up for the fight I'm in. I'm fueling up for my future. I'm fueling up for my destiny. I'm fueling up for the purposes of God to come. Devil, you can't have my children. Devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my neighborhood. You can't have my school. This is my city. I've got a fight. You're in a fight. The worst thing you could ever do to yourself is trick yourself into believing that you're not in a fight. And that the enemy is just playing with you. This is not a game, y'all. And listen, I'm not coming out here. This may not be the most encouraging thing so far. But hear what I'm saying. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your coach. I've got 22 minutes left to be your coach, to fuel you up, to encourage you, to go after what God has for you. And he's got good things for you. He's got, he's got incredible things for you. And anything that's of value, do you think that the enemy of your soul will let you just acquire it without a fight? Without a wrestle? Without a struggle? Listen, we are in a fight. The children of Israel would have understood this as well, too. In Isaiah 41, the children of Israel are in exile. They're in the fight of their life. They're experiencing the, the need to regain, to maintain, and to sustain the way of God in their life. They're not even in their own home. They're not underneath their own government or own culture. They're in a fight. Every day is a fight just to remain who I am, to follow God, to, 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 to go after the plans of Jehovah God in my life. They know what it's like to be in a fight. And, I, and in the midst of that, God sends a prophet with a word. And I'm telling you, every time you're in the midst of a fight, you need some kind of word that's going to push you forward. That's, going to, that's, not, that's not just going to motivate you, but that's going to sustain you for what's to come. God gives them a word through the prophet Isaiah, and it's a word of comfort. It's a word of peace. It's a word of hope. You know, matter of fact, the whole Isaiah 40 through, through 55, that entire section of the Bible is meant to encourage the children of Israel of their coming victory, of their restoration. And so God takes 
15 chapters to let his people know, I'm not done with you. I will restore you. I have plans for you. You will not be the bottom of the barrel anymore. You will ascend to the place that I have called you to. And he says this word to encourage him. And I believe that same word is available to us for our encouragement. And we'll, we'll hang out for a minute in Isaiah 41, starting in verse 10. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not fear, for I am with you. If you're going to get fuel for this fight that you're in, the first thing that God's going to use to fuel you is his presence. He's going to fuel you with his presence. I am with you. See, Israel has heard this before. They, they, were, they were accustomed to this type of language because this is the way that God had spoken to them in their history. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He goes with you. I love this scripture because it, it's a word of hope. It's a promise coming from someone who has the capability to keep their promise. I believe many are, are here today discouraged because you have put your hope in something or someone who was not able to keep their promise. Come on, maybe it was the job. You were so loyal to that organization and they just let you go. Maybe it was your money <laughs> and it left you. <laughs> Checked on it every 1st and 15th. Less and less of it. Maybe you had a spouse that you committed to loving, but they didn't commit to love you like you did. Maybe it was your health. Maybe you put your, you put your, your hope in the strength of your back and that the, the, the sickness wouldn't come, wouldn't come again and, and that you, you put your, your, your eggs in the basket of your own health and it came back stronger and more aggressive and you're not who you used to be, and, and you don't have the strength that you once did, and you can't do what you are accustomed to doing. Could it be that the cause of your anxiety, your stress, is not because of your current situation, but because of your misplaced hope? Have you, have you placed your hope in this place and in this thing and and a little bit over here, and, and just in case I got a little bit of reserves over here, I'm just praying that this will be a season where we will no longer distribute our hope amongst the things in our life, that we won't diversify our trust, but we will consolidate it all on Jesus, because he is the only one that promises to never leave you or forsake you. He's, he's made a promise, and he's made a promise to stick with me through it all. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Not only has he promises to be with me, he, he says that I'm a temple, that I carry the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. Man, that's good news, because that means that no matter where I go, God is going with me. When I go to the office tomorrow, the Lord is with me. When I, when, I come at, when I come home at night, 
Man, the Lord is with me. He is with me everywhere that I go, more than my friends, more than my money, more than anything else in this world. He is with me everywhere that I go. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He is there with you, and he will never abandon you. He's made a promise to never leave you nor forsake you, no matter where you go, no matter where. No matter where you go or what you do, he promises to be with you. That's fuel for somebody today. Because you've been feeling like you're, you might be too far gone, like you've stepped too far away, that you missed too many Sundays at church. Some of you are watching right now online and you feel bad that you're not in the room and you feel like this is, this is it. He says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Check this out. Psalm 139 Verse 7 through 11 says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the side of the sea, even there, even there your hand will, I wish somebody had an even there kind of confidence in your life today, that even there, even in my pain, even in my struggle, even in my backsliding, I have a confidence that I have a God who goes with me. Even there, yes, even there. That thing that you feel like you're struggling with, even there. Come on, that thing that you've been trying to hide from God, even there. Come on, when, when you feel like you have, you're too far gone and when you're, you're too far off, when you feel like that prodigal son who's down the road, I tell you his presence, meets you right there in the middle, even there, even there, even there. Come on, somebody say fuel up. Fuel up. Come on, is this good for anybody so far? All right, all right. The second thing that I feel like the Lord is gonna fuel you with, Bible says in Isaiah 41, verse 10, do not be dismayed, I am your God. He fuels us with his identity. He fuels us with his identity. You know, other texts will say, you will be my people and I will be your God. You know, and, and I think about the first uh, five books of the Old Testament, you know, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, um, Episcopalians, what, all, the, all of them books in the beginning, right? <laughs> God is establishing his people. He's creating his holy family in the children of Israel. So God has to let them know over and over again, you will be my people and, and I will be your God. This is gonna be new for you. You're, you're gonna be more like me. You, we're gonna be in a family. And now here in Isaiah, God is, is telling them, I am your God. Because I believe it's significant because I discover who I am in whose I am. I'll say that again. I discover more and more who I am, my identity, in whose I am. You know, sometimes the intention of a thing is, is dictated by its ownership. Let, let me say it like this. I, uh, we have this uh, back scratcher in our house, and it's, the purpose of this thing is to scratch your back because you can't reach it. The purpose in my house is a butt whooper. <laughs> you know why? Because it's mine. And so one of them little kids in my house act up and two of them just 
the, perp, the, the, the purpose, the intention of that thing is decided by me because I own it. And so I ask you today, who has you today? What, what owns you? Who or what has its grip on you? Maybe it's the economy for some of y'all. You're, you're checking those, you got the Robinhood app open right now. It's pushing notifications to you. I know it is. You know, I mean, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's your job. You're, you, you know what it's like. You sit at dinner, get a text, whoop, got to get on it, got to get on it. But babe, we're eating dinner. It's like it, work is calling. What, what has you? What has you? Maybe it's your kids. It's like how I make these little things and their schedule is controlling me. They got karate this day, soccer this day, dance recital this day. I got to do somebody's homework. Why am I still doing algebra? <laughs> what has you? Sometimes things have you, in, have you in their grip. And so I say today, what, what, what has you? Here's an easy way to know that something has you. You ready for this? It predetermines how you feel about, respond to, and support or reject everything. I'm going to say that one more time for people in the back one time. <laughs> Something has you. An easy way to, to know is if, if it predetermines. That means before it happens. If it predetermines how you feel about, respond to, or accept or reject everything. Everything. Do you have opinions or do your opinions have you? Do you have a political persuasion or does, or does it have you? I mean, do, do, do you have a few insecurities about something? Listen, I get it. I understand some things you might be a little insecure about, but do those things have you? Do they predetermine the way that you respond, the way that you act? Before it even takes place, it already created a narrative in your mind about how you're going to feel about something because I feel this way. Do, what, what, do, 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 you have some, do you have some fears? Do you have some things that you're afraid of that like, no matter what my friends want to do this weekend, I'm not doing it because I'm afraid. No matter what the invitation is from God, I'm not doing it because I'm afraid. I've been afraid for years. I still feel afraid. What has you? You know, I was having this conversation with one of my sons, which I'll, I'll remain, he'll remain nameless for his own safety and ambiguity. Plus, I tell him if I use them in an illustration, I have to pay him five bucks for the image and likeness. So I'm saving myself a few dollars. But my, my son is, he, he was uh, going through a moment where he had a lot of anger. And everything that his brothers would say to him would get him to flip. It didn't matter if they were going to sneeze. It's like, why are you sneezing all over me? <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, just mad, mad, angry, anything. If somebody says something, if someone goes somewhere, if somebody touched something, this is mine. Don't touch that. Don't look at me. Don't walk in my room. Stop breathing. <laughs> that, just angry. It, and I sat with him. I said, buddy, Listen, I know you might be angry about some things, but this anger has got you tied up. And I don't want anything in your life, 
anything to have so much control over you except for me. <laughs> it, it, but you know what I'm saying? He, he was just, just so, just, it had him. It had him, and some of you are here today, and that thing has got you, and it's predetermined how you feel about, how you respond to, and if you accept or reject anything. It's predetermined for you, and I just believe that this is a season where because of whose we are, we will predetermine a few different things in our life. We're going to predetermine to love. We're going to predetermine to forgive. We're going to predetermine to have faith, to believe the best, to have joy in every situation, not because of every situation, but in every situation because of whose I am. I am not my own. I was bought at a high price. I am blessed and highly favored. I am called. I am appointed. I am anointed. I am positioned. I am commissioned. I am not my own. I am not my own. I belong to someone. I belong to Jesus. You know, that sounds good and it preaches good, but it doesn't always feel like it, right? And just for one minute, I just want to sit on that thought for a second. I know it doesn't always feel like that. It doesn't always, you don't always feel it. And I just feel like in this season of our life, we've got to begin to operate on just a little bit more than just feeling. Now hear me, all the empaths are like, Birch, leave us alone. I can see Bethany looking at me right now. <laughs> it's, listen, we've got to, in this season of life, begin to operate on things that we know, not just what we feel. Yeah. Go with me for a second. What I know is in my head. What I feel is in my heart. And sometimes what I do is out in my hands. I think about whenever the Lord or a prophet or a leader would anoint someone for a special purpose in the scriptures. They, the, the, they would use oil and they would pour it over that person. And that, that would indicate that the presence of God was with them and they were selected for a special purpose. They were set apart, right? When they poured the oil on the person, they did not pour the, pour the oil on their heart. They poured the oil on their head. So that means to me that if I'm going to be set apart, I have to have a revival of my thinking. I have to have a revival of the things that I know. That there's got to be a level of confidence on the inside of my mind that will then flow down for me. Listen, the, the Bible says that, man, he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. That means that the stuff that's on your heart, the blessing that's on your hands, is the residue of what comes off your head. And so in this season of your life, if you're going to move forward in what God has for you, you've got to start to get this thing right here under lock and key. That I know who I am. I know who I am. I am a child of God. I am blessed and highly favored. I am called for a purpose. And even if I don't feel like it, I know who I am. Come on, somebody say, fuel up. Fuel up. Amen. One last thing. 
and the band could come out and make me sound spiritual. <laughs> I always want to say that. Isaiah 41, verse 10, the Bible says, He, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I believe God has given you fuel in this season, and the way that he's going to fuel you, it's with his presence. It's, it's with his identity, but it's also with his strength. He's going to fuel you with his strength. You know, boxing is this one-on-one -on -one sport. And it's about technique and strategy and skill. But when it comes down to it, it's about who's strongest in the fight. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I've got a few of those things down pack. I've, I understand that he's with me. I understand my identity. But man, when I'm in the midst of that fight, I feel so weak. I feel like I'm taking hits and I can no longer stand my ground. Anybody ever feel weak? Come on, not, not, not the perfect people. Come on, anybody ever feel weak like you're, like you, like you can only take so much more. Like you can only endure so much more. God is saying to us, in the midst of your fight, I'm your strength. Listen, you've been trying it all along on your own. And if it could have worked, if it, if it could have worked, it would have worked. But I'm your strength, oh Israel. I am your power. He says that to you as well, child of God, that you can be strengthened by his righteous right hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Does it mean that God needs us to be weak so he can be strong? No. I just think it gives us the ability to see and experience all of the power of God in our life. When we do what? When we lean into our weaknesses, when we embrace our shortcomings, when we expose the parts of us that we've been trying to hide, trying to compensate for, that thing that you've been trying to hide from him, you're going into your fight fatigued, and ill-equipped. And if you walk into a fight already broken, listen, that fight's gonna be hard and the end is near. God is saying to us, I will be your strength. You know, I love the, that, that God says that he will hold us with his righteous right hand. You know, the right hand throughout the scripture symbolizes authority and honor. It's at the right hand that Jesus sits at the Father. And so God is saying, not only will you get my power, but when I hold you, when I lift you up, when I support you, I will restore you to the honor and the significance and the stature that I dreamed for you. You wanted just to make it out the fight? I'm giving you my victory. You wanted just to walk out without feeling beat down. I'm causing you to walk through this fire and you're not even gonna get burned. I'm giving you a priestly, a kingly victory over your life. That's what God is saying to you today. That no matter what it is you're walking through, 
no matter what your fight looks like, he's given you fuel. He's given you fuel. He's given you fuel. He's given you fuel. He's given somebody fuel today, and I believe that, that no matter what fight you're walking through, God promises to raise you up to be your strength in the middle of that fight. Amen. All across the room, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around but me. I just pray that this moment would be a holy moment. That there's, I believe there's people who are right now saying to yourself, it all sounds good, Birch, but I don't even know where to start. I do. I think the best place to start would be by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Listen, y'all, this is why we do it for this moment. You, 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 you want his presence. You, you, you could really benefit from his strength. Man, his identity, that's where we need to start, with being a child of God. And let us pray that right here, this location and every location, I just know that there's people right now, you feel like there's a fight going on right now. Your heart's beating. There's a wrestle. It's because God's speaking to you. I believe he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks gently and he's, he's asking to be invited in. And I can help you do that by leading you in a simple prayer. It's not the prayer. It's not me that saves you. It's Jesus by what he did for us. And you meaning it from your heart to his heart that you were saved. And I want to pray for you. And I want to know who I'm praying for. And, and I, would, I would love if, if in just a moment, if you would just slip your hand up, maybe indicate to us if, so, so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you, so I can pray along with you. And so all across this room and everybody join us online, just at the count of three, if that's you today. If you want to pray that prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to slip up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, shoot your hand up all across this room. Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. Amen. You can put those hands down. Amen. Come on, Life Point. Why don't we pray together on behalf of those who are praying for the first time? No one prays alone in this church. Amen. Come on, say, Jesus, I need you. I know that I am a sinner and you are the Savior. I thank you that you've forgiven me. I thank you that you restored me. And I thank you that you give me a brand new beginning. And I pray with your help, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, put our hands together for everybody that made that decision today. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.